Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business. Here, host Kevin Price talking to you about you and your business. Warren D. Robinson, he is a, a friend of mine now. Uh, you know, start off just as a regular, but I consider him a friend both in, to me and to the show, The Price of Business. And uh, always love having him on the program. He's a filmmaker. Uh, he's a producer. Uh, he's a entertainment attorney. He has a, a phenomenal background. You might know him from his work with uh, Netflix and Oxygen Network and, and so many other places. Warren, always love having you on the program. His best website to learn more about what he does is at warrendrobinson.com. That's warrendrobinson.com. Warren, always love having you on the program. Today we have an interesting topic. I was telling you during the break, I, I've been trying to get – you know, a few minutes to uh, uh, pr produce an article on this exact topic because it, it's something that no one is talking about. And you and I really have a history of talking about stuff that nobody else is talking about. And it's so interesting because, you know, I'm right of center with a libertarian streak and you're certainly left of center. Um, but I think both of us kind of rooted in a pragmatic reality that seems to be largely ignored by certainly by the media and I think by the larger culture. And with that, I'll let you introduce our topic. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. So by now, I'm sure most of everybody listening knows that uh, the House of Representatives is still without a speaker. For the first time in our nation's history, we do not have a speaker of the House, which essentially paralyzes the entire lower branch of government, which is um, in and of itself is a ridiculous thought. And while the Republicans are most certainly responsible for this, it was their conference which decided to bring up the motion to vacate their own leader, and they voted for it. A lot of blame also at this point belongs on the Democrats because while the Republicans started this mess, um, the Democrats have done nothing to try to fix it. And I understand why some people would say, well, you know, that's not their responsibility. But in the name of governing, in the name of getting something done, in the name of not paralyzing one of the branches of government, you would think that at least a few Democrats would say, you know what, hey, let's figure something out. But they haven't. And, Kevin, I think, honestly, both things happen for the same reason. I believe both the Democrats and the Republicans are playing to the media, both the traditional media and social media. At this point, they both know that there is no upside in the media of actually getting anything done. You have a set of Republicans like Matt Gates and that crew. They don't care about governing. They don't care if laws get passed. They just want their names out there. And this yeah. accomplished that. And then on the Democratic side, they're playing the game of, well, the Republicans look so bad and so dysfunctional, we're going to hedge our bets into the next election and figure that this is going to help us win back the majority. So who cares if we get anything done right now? And I think that is the wrong approach for congressmen. Your job is to govern for the people. Absolutely. Not I mean, we're elected to govern, right? And, you know, yeah, I mean, these people were elected to govern. You know, and the thing that's interesting is I worked, I think you know, for, the, for Senator Gordon Humphrey, who uh, back in the 80s, I'm showing my age, 
Uh, but he was a serious legislator. He was a very serious legislator. Uh, he, by the way, voted for Biden in the last election cycle. He's a conservative Republican, but it's like I can't vote for I can't vote for these crazies. I'm not sure if I can vote for Biden either. But but this guy doesn't he doesn't understand what's happened. I certainly don't understand. These people are elected to govern. But I got to tell you, even back then, particularly in the House side, I had a lot of friends who worked for the House uh, for the U.S. House, and they had a they had no problem with a uh, culture of disdain for governing. A disdain, a, a disdain towards government that they became advocators of the responsibility to govern. There's a part of me that thinks this is just a natural thing that will happen to a party that hates government. They advocate. Well, they do, and it's such a and, and the thing, the key is it's such a small fraction of the, the party. You had eight Republicans out of over two hundred who decided that we just don't want to govern, so we're going to um, vacate Kevin McCarthy. And if you think about it, Kevin, this rule where one member can bring a motion to vacate had been on the book since 1837. So it's not like this is a new rule or suddenly something you could just not do. It's been on the book since 1837. Um, it's just never been used before successfully right. because the goal of Congress was to govern. And people realize um, a, a, a speakerless house makes no sense. And so people govern themselves according. Now, at that time, too, you also didn't have a 24-hour news cycle. You didn't have social media where you can go and tout the fact that you're owning it to the other party and we're not going to put up with this. So I do think that those factors, the media and, and, and the attention grab of it, has really affected their ability to um, govern, and they no longer care about governing. People now enter Congress to become popular. They enter Congress to become yeah. famous, not to actually get anything done. And the fundraise. Uh, they, they really, you know, I'm, I, I get, because of uh, the fact I'm in media, I get it from both liberals and conservatives. Matt Getz Matt, Matt daily emails me telling me he's being attacked. And I'm like, you're lucky I'm not a bear, dude. <laughs> Of course you're being attacked. You're abdicating your job. You're not defending the Constitution. You're undermining government. And, uh, you know, and, and, and think about this consequentially. And no one's talking about this to me. Uh, I'm hearing. Didn't you find a timing very interesting that within 48 hours or 72 hours of the fact, uh, after the fact they ousted McCarthy, that uh, Biden essentially said he was going to take a MAGA immigration policy and apply it going forward? And I think that was obviously he had to do that at some point because he was hearing from the governors and, well, particularly the mayors of places that he has to have in order to win re-election, the Chicago's, the San Francisco's, the New York's, saying, hey, we can't handle this crowd. And we're not talking this to mayors. There. And, of course, the Republicans should be running, running around doing victory laps over that. And, of course, it's not going to be exactly like that policy, but it's a lot more like a Mac policy than it was before. You know, and meanwhile, look how quickly the whole attack on Hamas happened, uh, you know, within, uh, what, for three days after yeah. this uh, took place. Shockingly, Israel was completely unprepared. One of the greatest intelligence agencies in the world was unprepared. Makes you wonder if they said, hey, let's just do it anyway, uh, because of the fact that you know, who sponsors Iran? Who's Iran's biggest customer? Russia? This country 
cannot do two major fronts of supplying of, of armament without Congress voting for aid. I mean, this is reaching that no one's really talking about. Well, no, and that's why it, 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 to have a branch of government completely paralyzed is ridiculous because anything can happen at any time in this country. You could have natural disasters. You can have, like you said, world events happen. Anything can happen, and that's why we need leaders. We need government to be able to um, operate and to be able to react when situations happen. But right now, we're unable to do anything because the House can't get their act together. And um, Republicans, listen, they what they have done and the way that they've handled this, the way they decided to just vacate their speaker with no plan, no plan, no ideal of, hey, this is how we're going to handle this, this is who we're going to put in place. And now – to have gone, I think, two, maybe three weeks now, and you can't even get in a room together amongst yourselves and decide this is the person we want to vote for, it is dysfunctional. It's ridiculous. You're like toddlers. And it's all yeah. about neither side or either, you know, nobody wanting to, quote, unquote, lose. I want my guy, and that's yeah. all I want, so I'm not going to vote for your guy. That is not leadership. That is not yeah. governing. And Democrats, even though this is not their problem, they didn't start it, at some point they need to just say, you know what, hey, let's get the government running. Let's get functional again. Here's a deal. Let's figure something out. Um, and, and then, But we're not hearing that. And then eventually I, I do think we will get there if Republicans just can't get it together. I do think we will get there. But at how long? How long is that going to take? It's like you, you've soaked yeah. it up. And you've enjoyed it for so many weeks. Now you're like, okay, let's do something. That's not leadership. And, and I do believe, and, and you would know better than I because you were around back then, but I believe that if this had happened in any Congress in the past, you wouldn't have seen this. If somebody would have reached yeah. across the aisle, the blue dog Democrats or somebody would have reached across the aisle and said, hey, let's just make a deal. Let's get something done. Um, and to punish a speaker in Kevin McCarthy because he chose to keep the government open, which, by the way, we're facing a, a, a shutdown again in next month in just a matter of weeks that we can't even begin to negotiate on because the House is paralyzed, but to kick him out for keeping government open, that's just, I, I can't even fathom how that makes sense to people to say, hey, we're going to kick you out because you kept the government open. You're actually getting people their paychecks and you're supporting the troops, so you got to go. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I'd love to see the credit ratings of these uh, eight members <laughs> because there's no way I can imagine any of them allowing that to happen in their personal finance of them not being responsible for their bills because that has a devastating effect on your credit. We're already been screwed by all but one of the credit agencies, or should I say we've already screwed ourselves. At some point, that begins, begins to have an economic impact. Uh, I mean, it's, it's beyond the realm. It's, it's so unbelievable. And uh, really, you know, one of the things we've talked about on this show, one of the things we hear about so often is the quiet, you know, uh, moderates that do exist in both parties. You know, the, the hard right likes to say they're all, you know, they're all communists on the Democrat, in the Democratic Party. Uh, the uh, AOC left likes to say they're all fascists in the Republican Party. Uh, but the reality is, is there's a pretty substantial, I think it's a silent majority of moderates in both 
parties in both caucuses. This could be an opportunity for the rise of moderates to actually govern. Well, it could have been. And you would think this is a great opportunity for them to do just that, but we haven't seen it. <laughs> we yeah. just haven't seen it. We have not seen the moderates on the Democratic side reach out and say, hey, let's get something done. And we haven't seen the moderates on the Republican side say, you know what, if you guys can't get it together as a Republican caucus, we're going to reach across the other side. So right now everybody is just sticking in their, their partisan tents. And again, I think a lot of that has to do with the media. Nobody wants to be the one labeled as reaching across the aisle anymore because it has become popular in our politics to be hyperpartisan, even if it yeah. hurts, even if it doesn't get yeah. anything done, uh, because you know you're going to be primaried. And base voters don't like it if you work with the other side. It's a, a ridiculous notion. And if you think about it now, Kevin, the most popular Congress people across both parties are also the least effective. I mean, you know, if you look at ALC, how many bills has ALC, ALC passed? None. Nothing. If you look at Nothing. Marjorie Taylor Greene. I don't think she can get a co-signer for most of her legislation. She, she doesn't get anything done. Or, or Marjorie Taylor Greene on the other side, very popular, yep. can't get a bill passed. Matt Gates hey, doesn't on, get Let's talk about passed. their last choice for Speaker of the House. Jim Jordan's been in Congress for 16 years, and a bill passed. Think about that. Their choice of speaker can't legislate. They're, they're flamethrowers. They're flamethrowers. They're attention grabbers. They're in Congress to get attention, to make a name for themselves, probably because they don't have any other skills or talents to make a name for themselves. And so they choose to go into the House. And that is not what the job of a representative is. It is to legislate. It's to make things better for your constituents and the country as a whole. And we've lost sight of that. Yes, and by the way, in the Jim Jordan choice, which I am in incredible dismay over, Jim Jordan uh, is a, a denier, a, an election denier. I just remind in terms of that. In 2020, he voted against certification. He tried to persuade uh, the Vice President Pence to assert his congressional authority. And, of course, Pence endorsed Jim Jordan this week. I mean, what is wrong with these people? And so 200 people voted for an election denier. To, to me, this shows how backward this GOP really is. It, it's, it's downright primitive. Well, it shows you, yes, and it shows you where the party is now. The fact that Jim Jordan could get so close within 17 votes of winning the speakership within the conference tells you where the Republican Party is. This is no longer the party of Reagan. This is the party of Donald Trump. Uh, and yeah. you still have... Yeah. In spite so, of the fact that the media is in awe that 20 voted against him in the last round, or 21 voted against him, or, mm -hmm. and I'm like, yeah, but I think what you just said, Warren, is way more reflective of the truth. It, well, definitely, yes. You had 20 who stood up and said, we're not going to vote for you, but you had 200 who did. So the vast majority Incredible. of the party was willing to support, like you laid out perfectly, an election denier. The yep. vast majority of the party said, we're going to back this guy. This is the we same guy, too, just a few bills. years ago, uh, a guy a few years ago who was trying to throw uh, John Boehner out of the speakership. Yep. This is a guy who has continuously tried to delay and upend um, the process. Now, now you're going to make him the head of the process? It, 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 it makes no sense. 
Yeah, and the Mega 8, you know, they had the closest thing to an ideal speaker with Kevin McCarthy. That guy, I never seen, he's like, he's like a pretzel in his effort to accommodate everyone. The reasonable wing of the party, the crazy wing of the party. And uh, if you wanted to get something done and still have a, a, rad, a pretty radical speaker when you get down to it, Kevin McCarthy was your choice. I hate to say it. And so what they did is they put themselves in a situation where no reasonable Republican will give those eight in the Senate to disrupt government again. You're never going to give them, give them something better than McCarthy to them. You, can, you just kiss that notion goodbye. Uh, you, uh, to me, it just shows you how comic bookish and how non-serious they are. Well, yeah, they had no plan. I have never implemented anything without a plan. And if you're going to get rid of the head, you would think that somebody would have said, well, before we do this, let's at least have a meeting and discuss what our next steps are. They didn't even do that. So, um, and no. you're right, McCarthy bent over backwards in every which and way he could to try to appease this group. And I find it interesting, Kevin, McCarthy really didn't try to fight after a while. After he lost, he didn't no. try to go make a deal. He didn't reach out to the Democrats. No. I think he's just tired. I think he said, you know what? I am tired of bending over backwards for this conference. Let them figure it out. And because we did not see the fight in him to actually stay in office. Yeah, I don't blame him. I think he, had, I think he was probably the happiest person in that capital <laughs> uh, when it was finally done that he was no longer speaker. <laughs> I think he was like... <laughs> you know, no blasphemy here, but like uh, free blast, free blast. Thank God I'm like, <laughs> I got that sense from him, and I don't blame him at all. And I'm not a McCarthy fan, but he 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 really tried to to look normal and make the caucus look normal uh, while accommodating a bunch of insane people, and that's a tough job. Well, it's a very tough job, but let me just say. You know something is wrong with your party when Marjorie Taylor Greene is making sense. When she's the one who's on there saying, guys, this is silly. We don't need to be leaderless. We need to support McCarthy. We need to keep the shit moving. You know there is a problem, right? That is all you need to know, that there is something seriously wrong with the Republican Party, and now they have completely um, left their duty behind. They're derelict in actually governing, and hopefully voters are waking up. I, I, I don't think they are, unfortunately, because of the primary system. I think if you got rid of the primaries, you might have a chance of people actually waking up and saying, hey, this makes no sense. So I do think Republicans are going to suffer for this. I think they're going to have a hard time winning re-election, uh, some of the more moderate members win elections roll around in 2024 because people are not going to forget that we gave you the House and you don't even know what to do with it. And the theory, but the thing about that, Kevin, and is just people like Matt Gaetz don't care. Point. They don't care. They don't care. They don't. They're, they're clowns. They're circus clowns. Uh, you made a very good point, though. Much of uh, McCarthy's maneuvering was in order to save those Republicans that won House seats in districts that voted for Biden. He was trying, you know, for once they were growing the caucus. For once in quite a while they were growing their caucus, and they would have grown much more if it weren't for uh, Trump's endorsements, which is the kiss of death if you're a Republican, it seems. Um, 
uh, he, he would have grown even more. But he was trying to save them, not to mention the fact the country. It was a very politically smart move and a very uh, responsible move from a governing perspective. But, you, you know, you sit there and look at that. You, you can only do that if you have enough people in your party that will operate that way. And, you know, we, we talked at the very beginning about the media. It's just been so easy, particularly to beat on, up on the Republicans. And I agree with you entirely on the Democrats. They need to be trying to get more things done for their guy who's going to have a really hard time getting re- reelected. Biden's going to have a difficult time getting reelected. They, they get reelected by getting things done. They're not getting anything done. They're just paralyzed the Republicans. But really, you nailed it when you talked about the media. Everyone is everyone who has an elected office is accommodating the media rather than their constituents. They're adding responsibility in order to raise money. And listen, we we really need to be talking to the media about how they cover these stories. Well, you know, listen, the media is in a numbers game at this point, especially traditional media. They've seen their numbers decrease, and they know that um, like you were in the intro, you were talking about how most of the media now is no longer in the middle because they know that's not where the money is. And we've seen that the numbers increase and the money increases when you pick a side. So they know what they're doing. They're doing it intentionally in terms of how they cover these politicians. And um, conservative media is split because you have the kind of Fox News crowd who – thought that the eight made a big mistake here, right? Because they want to see Republicans win. They're saying, guys, this kind of dysfunction is not going to help us. But then the more far right, the newsmaxes of the world and that kind of thing, they're actually praising these eight, right? So, you know, it's an interesting split there. But, again, everybody is jockeying for attention here. And everybody is jockeying to get their name out there and to become a household name. Matt Gates has never been on, has never been on CNN more in his life. <laughs> He's never. Yes. When did CNN want to sit down and interview Matt Gates? That is not something that until he decided to get rid of Kevin McCarthy. Then he's on CNN. He's on NBC News. He's on Meet the Press. He's everywhere, and he loves it. Loves it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's fine. He really loves it. And but I do. The uh, House Problem Solver Caucus, which is bipartisan and, by the way, has grown significantly in the last uh, election, since the last election, uh, because people, I do think there's a strong group of voters out there who just want to things, get, get things done. They are talking about doing uh, temporary orders to give the, the current uh, substitute speaker. <laughs> more powers in specific areas, and there's nothing preventing them from doing that. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I don't think the government is going to move unless there is cooperation on both sides of the uh, the aisle. And you know what? That's good. That's a potential opportunity for uh, reasonable governing, mature governing, maybe even more moderate governing. With that, with about a minute left, final thoughts from you. Yeah, you know, listen, you you made a very good point that the original goal of the Speaker of the House is not only to run the House and, and put the legislation on the floor, but his job is also to help the party and to help the conference. And McCarthy was reading the tea leaves and realizing that a shutdown is going to hurt vulnerable Republicans. And so he was actually doing what he was supposed to do in saying we need to protect the caucus because that's the only way we're going to grow. It's a shame that we've allowed a few media grifters to come in and completely paralyze the lower house of government and the house problem solvers. They need a new name. 
because clearly you can't solve the problem because nobody's willing to cross the aisle and say, hey, let's get this government, the lower branch of government running. And that's a shame. Yeah, that is. And grifters just captures these characters. They are the epitome <laughs> of, of grifters. They are so disgusting. It just blows my mind. And uh, uh, I just, man, I wish that somehow, some way, uh, they could see the light. I think when, you, when people begin to look at the Gats and his, and his buddies, um, you know, they look at, at Gats and his team, they're going to start saying, oh, look, here's, here's Tomas' friend in Congress. Oh, look, here's uh, Russia's best, best friend. And uh, frankly, you know, he's been very sympathetic of, of Russia in a topic with Ukraine. You know that. Uh, all part of the Tucker, Tucker Carlson, Carlson Repu- Republican crew that are more Russian than they are Ukraine. And, uh, oh, oh, look at this. The Republicans are running victory laps uh, in, in spite of the fact that uh, Biden's approach to immigration looks more like Republican than Democrats. None of that's happening. You can thank these eight. And if, if they do go up in, in claims, if the Republican Party does, you can point at this eight. And so if you're a Republican, the last thing you want to do is help them. Support whoever runs against them. I don't care who it is. They're going to be better than these eight. All right, with that, I don't get real partisan, but, of course, everyone knows I hate the Democrats, too. You know that, Warren. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, but today I have particular uh, anger over what the Republicans are doing. It's, it's so disgusting. You mentioned the party of Reagan earlier. Oh, my God. It's just so disgusting. Always love talking to, to uh, my uh, guests this segment and uh, – Robinson.com is the best place to learn more about him. I'm Kevin Price. This is The Price of Business.